plan. Let's do an autosode. Let's do an autosode. Let's do an autosode. What is an autosode for anybody who's like? An autosode is a short little surprise episode that we put up on in a random day. Totally random. And so far, this is now our third autosode. I love these. They've just been our surplus of listener submitted stories because we get a lot of stories because we ask for them and we appreciate all of them. And we want more. But since we only read one per regular episode, we've been doing some autosodes that just contain some more listener stories because, you know, we hear about it on social all the time that people love that segment of the show. Yeah. Because everyone has some sort of experience, whether it's crazy or really subtle. I feel like a lot of people have some sort of experience so that they just like knowing that they're not the only ones out there. Right. And I think it, it's like, oh, I have somebody to tell this story to that's not going to judge me or think I'm insane or things like that. We do not. Weird is welcome. Weird is awesome. And hey, if you're listening to this and you have a story you think you want to send in, make sure it's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. You know, kind of get to the point, all that good stuff, and send it over to oddityfilescrew at gmail.com. And we, we're, we're trying to read them all. Um, there are some that come over that's like a sentence. I, we really can't add those to an episode or an episode. Um, and there's some that are, you know, 17 pages long. Feel free to cut that down just a little bit so we can <laughs> or make it into different stories and send it over. We do get lots of people sending multiple stories over. Which is great, yeah. I love it. Ooh, I've got a UFO story. Ooh. You want to go that route? Yes. Okay, Kitsy Clayton and DJ Jimmy, wah, wah. just a short story of my and hundreds of others UFO encounter at a drive-in movie. It was around 1980. I was in the Army in Texas. My buddies and I decided one Friday night that we would get some beers and go to the drive-in. That sounds like I haven't been to the drive-in in ages. We were just talking about going to a drive-in. We should do that. We really should. Oddity Files outing. Oh, Yeah. Ooh, we should we should do a screening. I don't know. <laughs> Anywho, um, this drive was this drive-in was different because it had three screens in a triangle showing three different sets of movies. Double features were always shown at the drive-in with a cartooned intermission in the middle. I hope they still do that. <laughs> in Texas drive-ins, no one sits in their car. Everyone brings lawn chairs, grills, frisbees, and of course, lots of adult beverages. So it's more of an outdoor party with movies. That sounds amazing. This night was perfect. Texas summer night, perfect temperature, and perfectly clear starry skies. It was well into the second movie, so it was about 11 p.m., and we had all settled into our chairs to watch the movie. I think the movie was Motel Hell. That's perfect. (laughs) This fun fest is the one where a seemingly friendly farmer, who had the same name as my landlord, LOL, And his sister kidnap unsuspecting travelers and bury them alive up to their necks and feed them with... I don't think I've seen this one. Spoilers, Jim. Come on. (laughs) And they create a special sausage. Where is this going? Anyway... There, we were all engrossed in this movie. Get it? Gross. Mm. It was all caps. <laughs> when suddenly there was a very, very bright shooting star-like object that shows shot overhead. Shooting stars are not unusual in Texas, as the sky is huge. Everything's bigger in Texas. And very little light pollution. But this one was 10 times brighter 
And just as it caught everyone's attention, it stopped. Bang, from 10,000 miles an hour to a dead stop in a split second. By this point, no one's watching the movie. Everybody stood up in silence to wonder what this incredibly bright spot is. It sat perfectly still for about two minutes. Then just as fast as it came into shot, it no, just as fa- fast as it came in, it shot off in about 70, in about a 75 degree angle back towards the direction it came. It accelerated back to its incredible speed of instant instantly and in about two seconds it was gone from view back into the starry night there was a collective whoa how cool would that That be that would be so cool especially at a drive-in yeah exactly what the fuck was that from the hundreds of people in all three theaters we went back to watching the gore fest and talking about the visitor we had just seen they probably didn't like the movie Well, that does sound gross. (laughs) It's been 39 years, and I can still see it as clear today as when it happened. Well, that's it, my friends. Stay weird and keep looking up. Something out there is looking back at us. Ooh, I like that. that. Your friend, Jim. P.S. Great job on the podcast and Prime shows. They are always devoured as soon as they hit the table. Oh. Love it. Thanks, Jim. My next one is from Stacy. She says, hey, crew, I'm a new listener and just happened to stumble upon your podcast the other day and have not been able to stop listening ever since. Oh, thank you. On almost every episode I've listened to so far, you have stated that you love hearing personal stories from your listeners. This is probably my favorite segment from your podcast because nothing is better than hearing other people talk about similar experiences that yourself that you yourself have had. It does. It's kind of just a It makes you feel like you aren't crazy and you aren't alone. Exactly (laughs) what I was going to say. Okay, so she has like a a glossary of stories here. She says that, forgive me for this long email. It goes back to when I was little. I'm a level 32 now. A level 32. (laughs) I love that. The first strange thing that happened to me would be back before I could even remember. But my parents have shared this story on numerous occasions. I had a toy that would wind up and play music. One day, it started playing out of nowhere. My parents said they tried to get everything to do everything to make it stop, but it would just continuously oh, play. Nope. They ended up having to destroy it. Oh, shit. Now, my parents were never strong believers in paranormal happenings. My mother had experienced a couple things when she was growing up that couldn't be ex- explained. But my dad was, in all caps, definitely not a believer. (laughs) In fact, to this day, he still isn't totally convinced and tries to come up with explanation for everything. I mean, I get it. I mean, I I do too. While I'm a believer, I still want to go, eh, there's got to be some logical explanation. I love it. So it says, I'm not exactly sure of the timeline from when I was little because so many things have happened that I can't possibly remember how old I was. So I'm just going to go through some of the big events that I can remember. When I was growing up, I would bring up different things that were happening to me. My parents finally got to the point where they thought I might need to talk to someone. Oh, wow. My sister, who is seven years older than me, finally spoke up about these things that she had experienced as well. One occasion that went on for quite some time was a presence I felt beside me each night. No, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Creepy. My mom recalls me yelling in the middle of the night for her, and I tell her I felt someone that was watching me. I can't begin to tell you how many times I felt someone standing next to me, looking down on me as I was sleeping each night. 
There was one time I remember waking up and seeing a shadow peering down uh-uh. at me. Uh-uh. It was just a shadow. Within a second, it was gone. I always slept tucked under my cover. I always slept with my covers tucked in around my body and the sheets pulled up to my chin. Well, so the yeah. only thing that was sticking out was my head. One night, as I was just about on the brink of falling asleep, I felt three quick taps on the bridge of my nose. <gasps> Immediately, I sprung up out of bed. It was the first time I'd ever been touched by something that I couldn't see. Welcome to our world. <laughs> if you've never had something touch you that you couldn't see, you will never know the fe- feeling that comes over you. Truth. I was very scared and confused. I went out of the living room to where my parents had been watching TV and asked them both if they had been in my room. They both said no. When I walked back to my bed this time, started sleeping with the covers not only tucked around me, but over my head as well. Good girl. <laughs> I was so young and I could not explain what had just happened. So the next one of her story, she said, when I was younger, I used to have a touch lamp in my bedroom. It was- oh, remember those? Yes, I definitely had one. It was placed on my dresser on the opposite side of the room from my bed. One night around 1.30 in the morning, my touch lamp came on. Mm-mm. Not thinking much of it, I got out of bed and touched the lamp three times in order to get it to turn off. Yeah. <laughs> As one did. Right. First tap was soft light, second medium, third was, holy shit, this is a bright light. <laughs> <laughs> the next night around 1.30 a.m., it came on again. So I got out of bed, tapped the light three times. Thinking this was weird, I mentioned it to my mom. She said if it continued to happen, just unplug it and pack it away. Oh, no. The next two nights, around the same exact time, the light came on. So we unplugged it, and we gave the lamp to my grandmother, who lives next door, (laughs) where it still sits today, but it hasn't come on by itself ever since. Really? Weird. So, last part. I remember one time, it was evening, and my mom was standing in the kitchen getting things ready for the next day. I was complaining about how hungry I was. Same. Always. And there wasn't I listened to his stomach growl from across the room. And there wasn't anything to eat. Oh, that's my life. (laughs) Basically being a typical kid whose biggest and only worry at life in the moment was figuring out what to have as a snack. Our washer and dryer were in the pantry in our kitchen. They sat side by side and above them was a shelf where we kept cereal boxes and other boxed foods. At the time, the pantry doors were open. My mom told me to get a bowl of cereal. That Sa- was always my go-to snack, not going to lie. <laughs> Sounded satisfying enough, so I said, I'll have some Fruit Loops. As I reached for the cereal, the box came off the shelf and landed on the floor. No. The box didn't just fall. If it would have fallen, it would have landed on top of the dryer just below it. The box flew off the shelf. Both my mom and I stood there and stared at it. I casually picked it up, poured myself a bowl, and walked back to my room. You know, because ghost shit. When my sister was a teenager, she had a collection of porcelain dolls still in plastic wrap. Yikes. (laughs) She had all of them lined up on an entertainment center above her television. One night, her boyfriend, now husband, and her were lying in bed watching TV. He is also a skeptic and doesn't believe in all the paranormal stuff until this happened. Mm. At some point, he looked up and noticed what appeared to be an evil face protruding out of the plastic covering of one of the dolls. What? Oh, fuck no. That's some, like, Nightmare on Elm Street stuff. Literally, when Freddy's face yes. comes out of the wall? <laughs> he pointed it out to my sister. A couple minutes go by, and it becomes so bad that he is forced to get up and move the plastic bag, causing the evil face to go away. Oh, shit. I feel like I'm dating myself a little when I tell you this next part. Me and my boyfriend at the time had been 
laying in my room playing with his new camera phone. This was when camera phones just came on the scene. This is when camera phones just came on the scene and you had to actually flip your phone open to take the picture. My mom had been in the computer room with the light on. That light was the only light on in the house and it was shining into the hallway. While my boyfriend and I were playing with his phone in the dark, he decided to play the video part of his camera feature. He hands it to me and I start recording. Of course, our room is dark, so there isn't much to see. So I take the phone and just slowly pan back to the room and then to the hallway. I do this two times. When we started watching the video back, the first pan of the hallway, I could see a white figure in the hall. No. You couldn't see eyes, nose, mouth, but you could make out that it was definitely a little girl. When you see the outline of her hair and how it had fallen on her shoulders, but you couldn't see the bottom portion of her. On the second pane of the hallway, the little girl had gotten extremely close to the camera to the point where you could no longer see the top portion of her body, but you could make out the eyes, nose, and her mouth. This was the first time I'd ever caught something on video or photograph, and I could not believe what I was seeing. I couldn't believe it so much, my boyfriend and I hopped in my car, drove to my sister's around 9 p.m. just to show her and her husband, and they couldn't believe it. And This is the last part of Stacey's email. She says... When my grandfather passed away about nine years ago, my dad had kept an old aluminum train car that he had played with when he was little. When the switch on the bottom would be turned on, the wheels would roll, causing it to go forward. It would also make it a really loud train horn sound. My parents kept it in a tall dresser in their computer room. One day, they heard the train horn started going off by itself, then a loud thud. Oh! When my mom went to see what had happened, she saw the train still running and laying on the floor. Somehow, it had gotten turned on, rolled off the dresser. Nobody but her and my dad were in the house that day, and they know neither of them turned it on. Oh, I think that was Grandpa saying hi. Absolutely. So you've got these people that have these experiences happen their entire lives, and then you've got us, where we go out and search and bag for paranormal activity. Maybe that's why. Maybe. Maybe if we just go in and just like, you know... Sit down and start having some wine, turn on Netflix, something will happen. Well, we've done that too and it doesn't happen. But I mean, all my personal experiences, that like aside from investigations, happened at just unbeknownst times. Yeah. Like, well, when I was younger, I, I just, I was terrified of everything. So I just blocked it all out. Right. So I, I don't know that anything ever really happened or whatever. Those stories were amazing, though. I really enjoyed those. I would love to see that video from, like, the old school That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I would love that. So apparently my stack is all people who have sent stories in before, which is kind of exciting. Um, This one's called Another Story. It's, uh, he says, Corey here again. Thank you so much for reading my story on episode two. First of all... Um, if I encounter the drink-making spirit again, I'll see if they know how to make an old-fashioned appreciated Corey and find out if it's a good old-fashioned. So here's another story from the same place, the soda machine poured itself a drink. A few years after that encounter, I was promoted to watch over another restaurant in the building in the most haunted part. Mwahaha. He added that I didn't. Um, Let's back up here a little. This building is a Native-owned casino, allegedly built over Native American burial grounds. That's how you get hauntings. Always. 
um, and many deaths on the property and a lot of activity reported years before I even got hired there. Anyway, I started to notice odd activity in the restaurant after hours almost immediately, mostly just phantom footsteps, and I never see what or who is making them when my door is open. One night after midnight, I'm doing paperwork with the door open, footsteps come by, don't see what it is, so I go and investigate. Nothing. At this point, I shut the door and I try to finish my job. When I hear the steps again, this time I planned on tacking tackling whatever demon from hell was doing this. So I got up, threw the door open when the steps got close, only to come face to face with an overnight security card. No. No. (laughs) Um, After we both got our heart rates back under control, I asked him if he'd noticed any activity in the restaurant lately, and he said he hadn't, but he had heard about it. But... That wasn't the creepiest thing that happened. When I was in there, one night, we got cleaned up, we got cleanup started, and I was talking with one of my native employees, picking his brain about the culture and their beliefs in the spirit world. As it turns out, he had a lot to say, especially about his own experiences, which were nuts, like levitating stereos in the kitchen. No way. And at this point, I had to ask about their prankster poltergeist spirit by name. He doesn't mention the name because he said that was a big mistake. His eyes went wide and told me I shouldn't have mentioned, quote unquote, him or he who shall remain nameless uh, by name because of reasons. (laughs) Soon as he said that, there came a series of knocks from a beverage station at the fire escape stairs right next to it. Of course... I had to investigate. The other employee I was talking to wanted no part of it. I saw nothing. But if I remember correctly, I did get some response response when I started knocking on the beverage station. My head was on a swivel the rest of that night. Uh, he says, I'll pass along more encounters when I remember them again. Thanks for the great work and this amazing podcast, Corey. Oh. That's insane. That is so great. I do love the security guard moment. (laughs) I have one more for this episode. It's it's from Siobhan. Hey Siobhan. Hey Oddity Hey Oddity Crew. I wrote about the haunted book earlier and I thought I'd write another one for you. When I was a kid, my dad built me a room in the basement. At that time I had a guinea pig and a rabbit. One night I was laying in bed, starting to doze when something jumped onto my bed. We didn't have a cat, and I was sure that a guinea pig or the rabbit couldn't jump that high. When I looked to the right, sure enough, they were both in their cages, both freaking out. So at this point, I was too terrified to look down, but being the stupid stupid teenager I was, I did. (laughs) When I looked down, there was this gremlin thing. What? It looked like the Cheshire cat, but (gasps) black and gray with razor-sharp teeth. Uh Uh-uh. My blanket went up over my head. When I got the courage to look out, it was gone. I told my mom about it the next day. She paused. I was—I thought she was going to say I was crazy. And then she said, your sister and her friend were in the living room. Her friend saw a cat figure at the bottom of the stairs. It turned the corner to the dining room, which led to the kitchen and the stairs for the basement. I never saw the thing what? again, but it scared the crap out of both of us. Thanks again for the podcast. What the fuck could that be? I don't know, but it's creepy. So creepy. I would have punted it. 
I would have just ran upstairs. At the foot of my bed, I would have just... My heel would have gone right into its face. I would have instantly felt trapped in the basement with it and ran for my fucking life. Razor sharp teeth? Are you kidding me? Right. Is it... I don't know. Does that have like a, a meaning? Is it an omen? Is it a... Is it a cryptid cat? I don't even fucking know. That's insane. I love that story. I have one more as well. It says, the title of it is Listener Story from Across the Pond. Ooh. Hi, guys. I started watching your show on YouTube, and I'm now up to date on Amazon Prime. She's been with us for a hot minute. Or he. I'm not sure. Um. I was thrilled when I saw that you had started a podcast, too. I've added it to my mixture of true crime subscriptions, and it keeps me sane having your stories for company on my work commute. Oh, that's so awesome. Tell a friend. Or 75, please. Um, So I have a listener ghost story for you. The house that I lived in from around eight years old to 14 years old most definitely had a ghostly presence living there. I live in England, so you'll have to excuse some of the words I use from this point. My favorite. I love love British culture. Okay. So (laughs) the house was on, the house was an end of terrace. So the right side of it was attached to another house, and the left was not attached to any other building, which is important to know later on, she okay. says, or he says. I'm still not sure. I lived there with my mom, oh, who was a single mom for the majority of the time, and also with my younger brother. All of the furniture was brought with us from our previous home that included a single painting that we had. It was an oil painted setting of a small cottage in the woods, which was beside a stream and a small waterfall. Most of the corners of the painting were surrounded by leaves. Within weeks of hanging this painting, a distinct face appeared in the leaves that I had never seen there before. The face was distressed and seems like it was caught in movement. My mother also pointed out this one day, but put it down to the fact that it had probably always been there, but we just never even noticed it before. Fair enough. As a teenager, I would always catch myself finding a face in the leaves, and if it wasn't for anything else going on, I would have likely come to the same conclusion. Even with the earliest of memories from living in that house, I remember always feeling uncomfortable and watched in my bedroom. That's terrible. You know, I no. saying I had the same thing, and that's why, like I just said, I just didn't let any of it in. Um, For years, I would not sleep without completely wrapping myself up in the quilt, ensuring nothing was open to the air but my head. We've got a theme. Yep. (laughs) Some nights, my eyes would be drawn to the corner of the room where a dark shadow would seem to slowly grow and grow until I refused to look anymore. Nope. I had convinced myself that it was all in my head, but then things started happening that everyone else would pick up on, and they were more than just feelings. At night, I would lay in bed and hear a scratching and dragging sound coming from the ceiling <gasps> above me. Holy shit. I had a lot. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Is it raccoons? Well, let's continue. Been there, done that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We had a loft that was used for storage, but there was no flooring down, only wooden beams. The sounds 
were heavy and repeated itself over and over for varying lengths of time. It seemed to move around rather than to be in one particular place, which is odd if there's no flooring. Crazy. It wasn't every night, but it was at least every week from what I remember, which if it were raccoons, it would be every damn night. Mm -hmm. After a while, my mom complained of the noise, and I realized it wasn't just my overactive imagination. <laughs> we called the council, who looked after social housing, and requested that they come take a look for any animals that may be up there. They sent somebody round who found nothing, no animals, no scratch marks, no feces of any kind. There were no holes in our roof, and only one pipe that could possibly have been used by rodents or other or otherwise to get in and out. It was blocked off and poison was set down and left for anything that may have already been inside. So they're taking all the precautions. Right. I knew before all of that there were no animals or rodents up there. Like I said, the sound was heavy. There was weight behind that scratching and dragging. Certainly not to my surprise, the sound continued as normal and the poison was never touched. The peak of the activity I'll always remember vividly. Late at night, I heard my mom shout from her room for me to stop sneaking downstairs. I was a bit of an insomniac as a child, so would do this all the time to read and watch TV, which makes sense. After I shouted back to her that I was in bed, her response was suddenly scared. She realized that it was not me, and rather than considering... My response, oh, I'm sorry. She realized that it was not me, and rather than considering my safety over her own, my mom told me to come into her room, (laughs) knowing I would have to pass the stairs to get there. I mean, what if someone had broken in? Right. Same. I'm thinking the same thing. Anyway, I did as I was told. The only thing to be more scared of than a burglar was my mother. (laughs) and walked slowly out of my bedroom into the hallway and towards the staircase. I stood at the top, looking down at an empty staircase, hearing distinct footsteps traveling up the stairs, clear as day. Ugh. Nope. The sound reached the top step and then stopped. Was she still standing there? I would have pitter-pattered my little feet into mom's bed. Yeah, absolutely. Normally, this would be accounted for somebody in the house next door walking up their stairs that shared the neighboring wall. Only problem is they are on the left-hand side of the house, and there's absolutely nothing next to this wall. Gotcha. I truly believe something was there with us, and I'm grateful I wasn't far enough into my paranormal obsession journey, same girl, same, and probably too young to investigate more. I'll always wonder if the people living there now have experienced the same things we did. I was emotionally and physically abused throughout my childhood by my mother, and I have no doubt that whatever was there could feed off of that negative energy. Oh, I'm sorry. I saged that bitch face out like she was a bad spirit. Good. Good for you. You've just got to cut out toxic from your life and always come in love, light, and positivity. Preach. Girl, I like you. Um, Always, thanks for reading. Always come in love, light, and positivity. God, I can't fucking read today. Thanks for reading my story. Keep doing a great job. Smiley emoji. 
SSDGM fellow murderino, Dion, D-I-O-N-N-E, which is feminine or masculine? Feminine. I would think feminine. Yeah. That was a great story. That was, and terrifying. And look at you taking your life into your own hands, girl. Good for you. Well, yeah, guys, that's an episode. We tell, sometimes we tell stories. Sometimes yeah. we might do something different. We keep saying that, but we haven't yet. I have ideas. Okay. We should probably do that at some point. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for listening. We'll have another episode for you on Friday. We appreciate all y'all do, especially yes. these freaking stories that are amazing. Um, spread the word. Tell a friend or 75 about the podcast, about the TV show. And we're working hard. Not hardly working. We are working hard on getting season three out to you guys. So uh, I almost said stay sexy and don't get murdered. Stop it. So weird is the new cool and um, stuff and things. Ghost on. Ghost on. <laughs>